You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is On Principle Challenges in Jewish Education. And I'm here joined from Eretz Yisroh, Rabbi Yitzchok Adlerstein. Rabbi Yitzchok, I guess I put a little bit of Europeisha. Do people ever call you Adlerstein? Does that ever happen? No. They call me all kinds of things, most of them on printable. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, do call, they do call me that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to get to the roots well, of Well, you know, I, I, th- I think the two parts of your name really reflect well on, on the strength of what you bring to any conversation. First, there's the Udler, there's the ego itself, the one that can fly above and see and soar. But then there's also the Stein. There's also that sense of, of rock solidity. We're going to keep the Masora the way it is. And there's things. And I think that balance between seeing what's above and perhaps going into new vistas, but also being grounded in the Shtain. Has anyone ever made that drush out to you before? Uh, no, actually. And if they knew me, they certainly wouldn't. I think the drush <laughs> came from the German Eagle Rock California soccer team that once called me while I was on Dennis Prager's show and asked me if I'd agree to become their mascot. But you will find in the Matar game on Shabbos, Adlerstein as one of the precious stones in the Hoshan. Oh, was that so? so? Uh, we, we, that's uh, what I seem to recall, yeah. yeah. Or it's a, maybe a in the Hoshan, but it's a, a stone with a segula that women who wore it uh, would be protected from miscarriage. And it was See, called an... The Evan Takuma. It was called the Evan Takuma. The Gemara and Shabbos mentions it in terms of I'm wearing sorry. it on Shabbos. Yeah, the Evan Takuma. So the Evan Takuma might have been the Adlerstein. Uh-huh. Uh, I hear. Anyway, you know what? This is this little bit of repartee is actually very Tsugapas because what we're going to discuss today based on our conversations earlier was how to approach statements like a Chazal that we find along with the meat and potato stuff of, I guess, the mesechtas that all yeshiva students learn, and maybe yeshiva students of all genders as well in some places. And that's what I want to discuss with you is an approach to Lima Agadata. And I know this is something that's very close to your heart, and it is to mine as well. And I think both of us, let's start with first principles that we I think we both agree is true, that there really isn't hardly any of the same sort of effort and involvement in analyzing, in teaching, and in absorbing the lessons of Agadata, the way you can go on chinuch.org or any of these sites and find hundreds and hundreds of sugyas broken down. Master teachers have already been able to teach you, show you how the second parakel of Metziah need to be taught, how sugyas and Maruba have to be explained. You have whatever it's called, uh, Talmud Brura and other things where they show you, they take these sugyas and they take them apart and here's the kasha, here's the teretz. And teachers like me had to sit through and I, I, I got something from it. Here's the way you should teach Gemara. Here's, the, here's how you should introduce the question. Uh, this is how you're going to get the best out of your students. But it seems that when it comes to Divrei Agoda, which make up a very strong amount of many mesechtas, there's almost like, well, it's Agoda to Oh, let's see what you can get out of it. And I think both of us agree that there's a, there's a need to be filled. And maybe we can start the ball rolling with this little discussion about it. I think both of us understand that there are both good reasons and bad reasons for why things turned out 
the way they did, and that yeshivas in general do, like most people, do best at the things that they know best. And yeshivas have developed the places where Baruch Hashem, we're not bad at doing lambdas and taking apart sugis. Uh, sometimes yeshivas are not so good uh, at, uh, at covering ground which Russia have pushed back against uh, for, for decades. And some yeshivas are making progress. But people have not put in the same effort to, as you say, it's only, it's only a gadata. And the, the consequences of that can be tragic because we know both historically and from our own experience that agada, midrashin, uh, these are the things that Teach a Jew how to how to think and how do we emote. Uh, halacha teaches us how to act, but there is a masora of how we're supposed to approach the world, how we approach ourselves, the world of midos, uh, and and all of that is miyusad on the on, on the agada. And uh, you you take the uh, those who are considered to be the biggest rationalists, like the Rambam. We would have to go beyond the uh, the scope of this uh, this podcast to count up all the places that the Rambam, who supposedly doesn't do Agadah and doesn't, and doesn't do non-halachic things, does non-halachic things and is somech on Midrashim. Well, very and, much so. The Rambam actually sees Agadata as a somewhat um, disguised version of very important philosophical principles. As the Rambam, the, the Rambam felt that these statements couldn't actually been uh, given over in the very direct fashion of Yeshulemidas or not, but they had to be sort of couched in terms that were allegorical or that were referring to some higher philosophical idea, because only as the Rambam indicates in his letter to uh, Rabbi Yosef Ibn Ankin in the beginning of Mar Nebuchim, these there were certain things that were meant to be reserved for the intellectual elite. <laughs> and therefore the Rambam was aware that there was an external aspect of the Agada, which would make it seem like it's just a, a fairy tale. But really there was something very deep there for those who were initiated and can understand it. And when, when we cite the Moranavukhan, we, we don't do justice to the other half of that. And that is much at a much earlier point in his life, in his Hagdama to Pir Shemeshnais, he says the same thing, that Chazal had sodos, or had a d- deeper message they wanted hidden from many people, but they decided to couch those lessons often in a way that would be able to reach the less educated parts of the Jewish people, hoping that as they got older and they matured in their thinking, they would be able to get to the deeper parts. But an important part of that, a lot of us don't realize that instead of just keeping it as a secret esoteric discipline, they put it out there because they wanted people at an early age exposed, even if only subliminally, to what was behind it. An example that I that I give often is the the, the Medrash, and this one is cited by the Gemara, so it. Uh, it has more, even even greater currency, is that Moshe Rabbeinu was ten amos tall. You know, it's a particularly uh, difficult agadah uh, because it's one that's very, very hard to allegorize because the Gemara comes to a halachic conclusion and the Gemara Shab is based on it. But if if you take the 
which I'm sure we're going to get to, the modern approach of the last couple of decades or even less towards Agadita. Um, and you say, you know, that's art scroll stuff. So we're going to teach our kids, uh, you know, just the Pshuto Shal Mikra, and we're going to avoid the Agadic and, uh, and Rashi and things like that. That's for art scroll Jews. What you do is that you bring up kids missing the full impact of the way Chazal wanted you to see Moshe Rabbeinu. They wanted you when you were six or seven years old to see Moshe Rabbeinu as larger than life. Indeed, as we all should. But when we get older, we see Moshe Rabbeinu as larger than life because we can handle things like the difference between Moshe's Nevuah and that of other Nevi'im. But you don't want to wait till somebody's 21 to teach them that. Think of all of the years of emoting closeness to Moshe Rabbeinu that you lose when you decide you're going to spare your children, the little medrash says. Well, well, well the problem, though, Rabbi Yitzhak, is, is that so many, and I know as being a magachir for many years for adults, is that, wait, that's what that medrash means? That medrash is the way I understood it when it was spoon-fed to me from the little medrash. And by the way, I happen to have been very close to the author and authoress of those books. I was in Kyle with both of them. Uh, with with the author, who he and his wife, his wife and daughter I helped him out. Yeah. yeah, I scared you for a second there. But uh, Moshe Weissman and I were very good friends, and we we shared a lot of good times together in the Kailu Beis Yosef. And we talked a lot about this book, and he gave me a great deal on it. And I and I bought the little Medrash says uh, for my kids, and they they loved it. Uh, you know. However, I think we both agree that you got to come back to it. And you're right, I, I hear what you're saying, entrench basic dimion, and this way you can now invest it with a whole new understanding. And you're implying that maybe Esther Amos has to do with the uh, madrega of Navua that Moshe had, vis-a-vis other Nevi'im, what is Aspaklaria Meira versus Aspaklaria Shein Meira. The problem, though, is, is that most people don't go back to it. Most people, they, they hear it. And, and here's another problem. Anthologies, and this is what I wanted to get to, whether it's a Musr Shmuz, like my Mashkichim gave during high school and beyond, or in these anthology books, Ko Amru Chachamenu, or The Little Medrash says, they're not seeing it on the page. They're not seeing it, let's say, in the Gemara itself. And therefore, even the B'nai Torah, who, who are being taught, let's say, in, in high school, how to really take apart a sugya, they're never taught how to take apart a chazal. They're hearing it with a megaphone being drilled into them by the mashkiach, right? And maybe the mashkiach is even going to begin to use Talmudic gloves on it to tease out his idea. But they're never going to make a laning on it. They're never themselves going to be misboning on it. They're going to hear it, and it, therefore it doesn't really become part of their learning. Uh, it's Oh, I remember the Mashkiach quoted that. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, why don't you take out a Medrash Rabbah and, and you'll find it inside. You know, Rav Chaim was was asked, and this was the attitude in Voloshan, all the way till Voloshan's closing, including Rav Chaim Brisker, about what Musr's farm should we learn? And Rav Chaim would say, "Daflan and Musil, Take out the Medrash Rabbah. That could be it. And unfortunately, again, it, it doesn't happen. Right? We 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 get our agadita in different type of package. 
And therefore, again, I think it, it gets back to our original question. But that hasn't stopped many of us, many of us, from getting beyond that. And you kind of have to ask yourself that maybe the Rambam was correct in his original formulation, that for the Rov, the Hamonam, maybe that's as far as they are supposed to get. Yeah, you know, and you have to leave it to the world to push further. Look, Rav Dessler certainly took Agada beyond where it was commonly understood before. And it was immensely, and it remains today, to be an immensely popular... Okay, so that volume, the volume that you're speaking about, is Rav Dessler dealing with what had already been raised by Maskilim and much earlier, that the Agoda is full of strange, different statements. So Rav Dessler, there's a chilek in, in the Mechtav where he gives an example this is how Malerantab Chazal, this is what Chazal mean, because the Agadita, since the time of the Rashba and even earlier, was thrown in the faces of the Shoimrei Taito Mitzvahs, let's say, the Bali Misar, to say, look, this is what you believe in, look how weird this is. Um, what, what could that mean? And therefore, Ravdesa really was doing a service, as you are saying, to everyone by showing you, hey, this is an example of how to learn up a Chazal. Correct, and I think that's part part of what he was part of was dealing with. Look, you're a morale man. I'm not going to try to out morale you, but the whole uh, to me the morale is the safer. I love the most from the morale because it just has like it has like a little bit of everything in it. A lot of personality and a lot of historical distinctions is the Baragoyla, which of course is his defense of Chazal uh, against the Morinayim and other. Uh, types of that attitudes. And and clearly, the, the morale was on a campaign, and I'll let you talk about it, about the attack on Agada. Sure. And uh, it carries over well beyond Ber Hagola. Ber Hagola, of course, took the Maimari Chazal that were considered to be the weirdest or strangest, in fact, the ones that were used by often by enemies of Yiddishkeit, including polemicists uh, Christian polemicists, and he goes through everyone and say, why do you brain dead or something? Don't you understand what this really means? And the impact of the morale is you may not agree with the morale in, for, in his conclusions and everyone, but it opens your eyes. He said, you know what? Wow, he's really found something there. He's opening it up and showing relationships within that, that Maimur Chazal that really call for deeper examination. The mor- morale was so committed to this that even when he wasn't dealing with strange Maimare Chazal, uh, I, I think one of the strongest stylistic elements of morale in all of his farm is that although he wrote topically, he always did so from within the context of Chazal. He didn't write long essays, which he could have. It would have been brilliant. But he chose to root, to source all of his important ideas in Maimare Chazal, to impress upon his generation. Chazal are speaking to us. You've got to take the time and explore what they really mean. And t- today there's been such a backlash in parts of the, in parts of the Orthodox world to art scroll Judaism. And part of it is our fault the simplistic approach that we've taken for too long, that um, there are people who are once again, as they have in other times in history, 
ignoring Chazal as the, simply put, the most important source of how Jews are supposed to face the world. You know, there's a Mishnah in the Dharm, the Dharm and Nazar, I don't remember, which talked about, talk about a Moder, Moder Hana, and it talks about the things that he's allowed to teach other people uh, because it's a mitzvah. And one of them is teaching them Agada. So Agada is clearly in the eyes of the Mishnah, not what the San, the introduction to the Sansino Bavakama claimed that it was. You know, just a way of stimulating the public and getting making sure that students didn't fall asleep and don't make too much of it. Here you have a Mishnah saying that this is a very important thing, important enough that it's not part of the Mudar Hanaz uh, Isa. Well, look, let's any, go with another statement, Chazal say, that Lamod es ha-goda, es omar right? So it's really, uh, uh, as we go back to the Rambam and others, it's a kiyum in the mitzvah saseh of Yediyas Hashem, which is really part of Avaz Hashem, uh, because you can't really love something that you don't have a idea of, right? Vayeda Odom Eschavas Ishta. There's definitely this idea that only through Agoda, Shemitoich Kach, Atamakers Mishom Avoyom, just to emphasize. What I would say, let's talk about ways we can change what's going on. Here's something that our conversation has just stirred in me. We know. And maybe with, with computers and everything, people aren't going to buy these Oitzim uh, Afarshim anymore. Remember, we're learning Makas this month, or we're learning Bava Metziah. Okay, here's the Kaivitz Mefarshim on Bava Metziah. Why doesn't those Kaivitzim should include Maral as well, right? <laughs> not just the Ramban or Ashpen or Ritva, and not just the Pnei Yeshua and the Tzlach HaSholem or whatever else they can find, Gilyoni Ashas from Yosefeng or whatever else they can stick in there. But they should also put in, yeah, and the Maral and their goddess. The answer is, like we said before, they're, they're not, it's not being taught. I was Baruch Hashem Zoha to sit Rabbi Yitzchok by, there were two top Magide Shir when I went there to Israel for my gap year, so to speak. One of them was Rashmur Razovsky, and the other was Rav Nochem Partsovich. Those were the two great Shirim. Okay, I was not in Ponovich, I was in Mir. So I learned by Rav Nochem. I remember Rav Nochem learning. Is he going to do the sugya of Esadei Chalesa saying Yavamas, or are we just going to go into the Yavamas So here's Rav Nochem saying, yeah, we're going to do Esadei Chalesa, so we're going to do it fast. And I remember when he was magdir, a certain shvera sugya, that the Gemara's Havamina Maskana were difficult, he decided to reach into his uh, his Yediyas, and he brings out, he brought the Ramban in Parshas Yisroi about Esadei Chalesa, say, where the Ramban talks about yeah. Ava versus Yiru. Yeah. And I remember him saying that Ramban read Oisa Moshul v'Nav and Yira. This is right? I remember him dismissing the essence of what the Ramban wanted and using it in order to get his answer or get his approach. And Rav Nochem was particularly prickly and specific about the way he taught and learned. Rav Yechazan was very different. You know, other other Magidish were different. Rav Nochem is perhaps an extreme version. But still, in general, the attitude was from the from the premier Magide Shiurim that we're not going to be, Rav Moshe Shapiro, an exception, most of them were not going to give Shiurim an Agadata. They weren't going to create Talmidim in Lima Agata. And I think that, that is, we're reaping the fallowness of what learning has been. 
Now, the answer is, because Rav Nachum himself didn't really, for all his brilliance and being Medayik and Arashi, he never received the Mahalach on how to learn Agoda. He should there, I would have taken Rav Chaim. <laughs> Rav Chaim, who was an Ili Otsum, was able to create really an incredible whole mindset of how a Lamdan could take apart an Agadita. But that wasn't given over uh, in the yeshivas. And maybe it's time to do that. Maybe it's time. Obviously, you, you, you can't teach a, an old dog new tricks. Uh, if you're used to giving shir in a certain way, that's the way it is. But the new generation, the ones who are going to be the malamdim of our great-grandchildren, right? whatever it is, that perhaps there should be an emphasis as they are training to become the Rashi Koyo and the Magidi Shurim of the next door, that they should apply their koichus to Agadita. And here's the knech, to use, as we see the Maral does in many ways, as does the Ben Ishchai. Again, the three great Sfarim we look to, maybe you have others. Ben Yoda, anytime there's Maral, and Rav Tzodik. Those are the three Right. Now, again, Rav Tzodik, you have to do a little bit more of detective work, but he has got every statement, Meduyik, Mezukik Shivasayim, every single response. So those three, and maybe there's, we could add, but let's try to train our Talmidim to use the exactitude of their cup and to be Medayik in the Loshan, to be Medayik when Chazal bring a posik to prove something from Agoda, to be shoyot on those psukim, to understand what's going on, and to introduce that back into the curriculum. Because otherwise, I think you are going to have a great distance. And, and I'm a believer, Rabbi Yitzchok, that even a trikana litvisha yeshiva would be enhanced so much by the Rebbe spending time on the Agoda, clearing, look, Everything is Bederach Efsher. I want to tell you, everything Rav Shmuel Birnbaum said in Lumdus was Bederach Efsher. And yet we lo- loved him for doing it. So even though you're in some sort of territory where the Rebbe has to be misnatzel, this is a soid, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. But at least the Rebbe gave shear on it, and, and there, was an inter- there was an involvement, and the students felt a shlita on the material. Um, good luck with that. You know, he's very, very uh, reluctant to make any shinuim in the uh, curriculum, which doesn't really exist. And even when they're sort of progressive and want to, there's often such backlash from Talmidim who have their expectations in their youth about the way things should be conducted. We uh, can find the same thing in 19th century Europe, for sure, in Volazhin to back that up that it's not so easy to make any any such changes. I'm a little bit less pessimistic than you are because I've just come across so many individuals who really at an early age say, hmm, is that really like the way I'm supposed to approach it? It's not such a, a davarachot that the average student or maybe the exceptional student will come across the Rambam in his Hagdama Techelech and see the Rambam's handling of the three groups towards Zagadita, and start asking questions and speak to his Chaveirim, speak to his Mashkiach, and he'll develop tools. We don't have assembled a group of tools that, that we have been from hundreds of years. 
We don't because we didn't put kochos into it. Maybe we could we could develop them, but people pick up their own mahalchim by learning svarim like the morale. And I, I would I would add one more to your list, and that would be Rav Cook, certainly in Einayah. Uh, Einayah, I, I, I agree. But again, it's, it's Eila Eila. Right, right. You, and, you really... and more, it was it was. Obscure into places, but more accessible than Rav Sadek. No, no. It, 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 the only reason is, is because it's on the daf. I agree. But many times there are pieces that are easy, and there's pieces where Rav Cook's poetic soul takes over, and you can read it and maybe translate it, but <laughs> you wonder if you really have the complete piece. If I agree with you, I I left out one of the most important. Um, but yeah, look, perhaps you're right that the Yechide school will get there. I'm a believer, though, that even a meat and potatoes approach that's not going to produce a Rav Moshe Shapiro, that won't produce a Rav Dave Schwartzman, that won't produce someone who is, who mamish litzach in the amkus of Avagadata, but at least it's not dismissed. It's not Rav Nochem saying Derech Moshe, it's at least we did it, we learned that page up. We went through the psukim. We understood it, and when we do it the next time around, we're going to get more havanit. But it's in our memory banks. I think much more when it's part of the page. It's part of the daf. It's part of what we're trying to do. And, and, and I would say also, Rabbi Yitzchok, you quote the Rambam a number of times. Here's a Rambam that you didn't quote. The Rambam in the Hakdom, the Parish Mishnayis, when he describes which is really when he talks about that Ravina and Ravashi specifically packed the Agadita connected to the halachic part of that parak. So if it's even, whether it's Rabba Barachana Gemaris in Bava Metzia or it, wherever it might be, and Bava Basra, right, the Rabba Barachana Gemaris, that they are connected, the Rambam says, to the topic of that parak. That somehow the Mesadre Ashas understood that this wasn't just, okay, now let's have fun. But really, it was an integral to the totality. And as Rav Cook himself said, that B'nai Eretz Yisrael don't have that differentiating film between Halacha and Agoda. Really, the two really are, are sort of dancing along with each other. And Davka, he says, Benayer to show habit more, and he proves it based on uh, a, a different chazalin about uh, Droshus, about Zahamishpat by Zok and Mamre, about what is the, the Benayer to show understood this, because he felt that was the Ruach Nevua that everybody in Eretz Yisrael has. But again, you know, because I, I do want to talk solution, and I do believe that there's ways, and I, I feel what you're talking about will produce, you're right, there's going to be relationship heroes. And there's going to be miyichide skula, and they're going to, and people are going to go to them. They're going to write svarim like nasivas shalom, and people are going to say, "Oh, this is a, a bal machshava, right?" And there's going to be those, I, I, of course, because they will discover it. But we know that our educational system has taken average people, mediocre people, and turned them into proficient thinkers, right? And 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 that's not going to that that doesn't happen, and it could happen, I believe, because. All the infrastructure is in place. Maybe not the exact tools, but the infrastructure. Of course, we're learning the Gemara. Of course, we're learning Shas. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It's in in the page anyway. 
So you're right. I don't expect Perkader of Elazar to become standard. I don't be, I don't expect that the Medrashim Hatmuim uh, that are all in Medrash Pliyas to be standard. But at least the Divrei Chazal that are in Shas themselves will be on people's fingertips, or at least enough in their memory banks that it doesn't sound like something, oh, they're scratching their head and not remembering it. And you're saying it's not going to happen by republishing in Yaakov. It's going to have to be something more than that. And uh, Even what you're saying is, is a proof. When I was growing up, and when you were growing up, we used to hear about Enyankafid, remember? Enyankafid, right? What was the Enyankafid? The Enyankafid was the one who wasn't able to be part of the, what did they call it? Before, they didn't call it Dafyomi. They called it, um, there was a, a way, it was Chevershas, they called it, the Chevershas, mm-hmm. right? The Chevershas, mm-hmm. there was the Chevershas, and then there was the Enyankafid, right? And they and they felt good because oh I I've got a Gemara too look you see it's it's Yankif, right Yankif. so I I believe it goes back to the time of the Gemara I forgot I forgot what the Gemara is what the Rivavohu and someone else came into a town yeah. and one of them was Dorish Rivavohu was Dorish in uh, in Agadita mm-hmm. and colleague was in uh, in Halacha and everybody streamed to Rivavohu and uh, so his colleague tried to explain. He said, "Yeah, you have two merchants who come into come into town. One of them, one of them selling precious gems, and the other one selling needed household items. Where do you think people are going to go? <laughs> they can't afford the gems, and they can't appreciate them as much. But everybody needs pots and pans. So apparently, the idea was even at times of Chazal, there were sure. people attracted to a gadita because uh, it was it was superficially lighter." But but we're saying that we have to make sure that we get the next generation to go beyond that. I think there's also Chazal Barmikim. I disagree with you. I just don't know how to how to introduce any kind of change like that in a system where every Rebbe in yeshiva essentially uh, does his own thing and keeps his position based on his popularity with Talmidim. I think that the answer is going to be more by evolution and by revolution, uh, I think Rav Moshe Shapiro had quite an impact. I think Rav Yeruchim, in a sense, is going to have a bigger impact because Rav Yeruchim does exactly what you're talking about. Takes my Chazal, Rashi, things that are on everybody's lips and then takes them apart, including linguistically and certainly in, certainly in Machshava. And a good bacher in yeshiva doesn't need the encouragement of his rebbe in, in, in morning seder to look at Rav Yeruchim, or even the mashkiach, who may or may not be saying shmuzin. People come across oh, Rav Yeruchim. Oh, hold on. I, I, I worked as a, for arts, and part of my job for arts is to actually go to the yeshivas and see what they're getting credit for in Musr, right? Most of them are not taking out Das Chachma Musr. Most of them are just, they have, yeah. And, and, and when, I would, when I would call the Rosh Hashivas on that and say, how did you give this guy a grade of Aleph or whatever it was, or 95 in, in Musr? Well, I can see the way he dobbins. I can see the way he comes over to me and asks me questions in Avodah Hashem. Yes, I said Asaph did a pretty good job with that too, with Yaakov. So 
But anyway, the point though is it's not yeah, okay. Yeah, they're on the shelves, Rabbi Yitzchok. But we could do a DNA analysis to see how many fingers were actually taking them out of the bookshelf and actually learning them and being shaku in them. Well, the Ramchal gets Baruch Hashem. I guess I've been I've been lucky. I go to the yeshiva of one of my grandsons, and I have a seder with him every hour of Shabbos and Maran. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Nobody looks at us as if we're doing anything funny. So, like you say, it's not evolution versus revolution. You know where I have found, by the way, um, and I don't know, you know this better than me, I found like in yeshivas like Gush, based on their website, not because I've learned there, that I see that the same Rabbeim are shaylet in a very strong way in Halacha and Agoda. And I get the sense that in those yeshivas, maybe it's based on Rav Cook's trailblazing attitude, that there seems to be more involvement in what we would call really thoughtful avoida in Machshava. There are great shiurim there on Sfasemes and other chesidisha mahalchem as well. Uh, so I, I, I do believe it's happening in those places. I, I do think, and you know, you know, of course, uh, he's been turned in somewhat of a getchka since his death, Shagar, as you've probably heard about. And, and I have read Shagar's stuff. And Shagar, Shagar's works as a kind of racha. He speaks about how in the, those yeshivas, there was a, a need to provide the agadita, to provide the machshava element, because they weren't finding the same gishmak in the Gemara. And that's why there was this emphasis on, uh, on Agadita, which I guess produced pretty good results. What I'm saying is I think the model is out there. Will it somehow rub off in any way here? You know, I'm not sure. And here's the rub. There's no substitute for the actual Divrei Chazal themselves. As great, even though you will say morale is part of Teresh Shabbat is part of Teresh they all are. But the dveikus you feel when you're actually, own, when you have the Lushan of the Medrash or the Lushan of the Gemara itself, and you are zeroing in on it, and you're, you're trying to take it apart, and the endorphins that are released when you are able to master it, and the sense that, yeah, I have now found my chalik in Torah. And I, I'm not sure if you get that by saying, I think I figured out the Maral, or I figured out, I think I know what the Benish Chaim means here. So again, I'm preaching the same message again, but I just know that the person needs an Anoichias as well when it comes to his Pshat in the Gemara. Like, it was here, the Medrash, the Gemara was here. Again, the Rashi is just ancillary to help you. And I think that that's what I think putting it into the curriculum will also give. It'll give a, an ownership that is not there now, an ownership in Chazal. And I think that's really what Volozhin wanted their Talmudim to do. They wanted well, for the them. first time this evening. I think I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Go ahead. There's a great danger in that. Something that we actually see in some contemporary writings that if you leave it up to the individual to feel this anochius and taking possession of what he thinks Pshat is in a medrash, you're doing the equivalent of trying to learn Shas without Rashi. There are some things that you just need the help of people who are closer to the MS ab initio 
and where you are. Otherwise, it's a free-for-all. You can do more things with the Medrash than you can do with the Rambam. You can make it say whatever you want. And people have been doing that for hundreds of years, Derek Drush. You want to find out what Chazal were really talking about? I'm a coward. I prefer that the conclusions that are drawn from a Medrash are those that have the Gashpanka of someone who is a known commodity, a known Gadol Batara. For backup, I would point to uh, the Hagdama of Rav Kook to Ein Ayah. If you never touch anything in Ein Ayah itself, I think one of the most important introductions to our Hashkafa about Agoda is Rav Kook's introduction, which I imagine some of our listeners never heard of, and they should go straight from listening to this to uh, Hebrew book <laughs> Faria, which oh. has and learn through that Hagdama. There is a website that has all Rav Kook's forum on there. It's a very easily accessible one. Whatever has been published, you can find. But, you know, Rav Yitzchok, I didn't mean that, oh, now I don't need Marao, I don't need Rav Kook, I don't need Rav Tzadok. What I'm saying is at least I'm starting. I have a Shverkite. Oh, let me go to this farm shrunk and pick it out. Instead of saying, oh, I'm learning Marao, okay, now I'll work backwards and maybe look up the Gemara that he's quoting. What I'm saying is, is that, okay, I've got my tools, but I am also going to try to figure this out. And again, this is really a, a debate. It could be in Halacha and Nigla as well. I remember my father figure, Rav Notag Sri Greenblatt, who was Nifta recently. And, and, and I've done a lot of thinking about him in the last couple of months, especially as he had such an influence on me. And I remember Rav Notag learning Gemara with his kids, and he would allow me to sit in with his kids on Shabbos. And I would walk over to the house. I was just a little boy. I was friendly with his sons. And he would say, he would call me over to the table with Shabbos afternoon, and we'd have the Gemaras, and sometimes we'd have to share. And that was my first exposure to Gemara. I must have been about seven or eight years old. And he was sitting there again. I remember Avnota saying, all right, the state in Gemara, yeah, yeah. And I remember one of the older sons would say, okay, Daddy, will we do Rashi now? He said, we'll get the Rashi. Ich will wissen, sucht Greenblatt. I want to know first, okay, how am I going to think about this? Yeah, I'm ready to be machnia myself to Rashi. But I also want to learn this up. And that stayed with me. Of course, we're going to bend to the, to the teachers. But we also jump into the pool first without the life preserver. Okay, now that we're washing around, I say, okay, give me that Rashi, okay, get it, because I can't figure it out. But I'm there. And you're correct. Sometimes you'll say, Lule de Mistafina. <laughs> Maybe Yotaka say that. And, you know, I even saw this when I learned Ksuvis for the second or third time. And I remember that Rekiveger, who wrote a number of Maduras on Ksuvis, he writes there, he says, can nearly this is the Pshat, and he's Masbra this, and then he says, So I remember my Rebbe, Rabbi Yechen Zweig, came over to me, and we were talking about this. I showed him this Ricky Vega, and he said to me, there was no bigger onov than Ricky Vega. Ricky Vega was the biggest onov shaykh, but he had the gishmak that it was his pshat. So he, he could have just said, I and Shita, right? 
But instead, Ricky Vager took the time to explain how we got from point A to B to C. And even though most of what he said, or nearly everything was Nishita, he felt that he was going to write it down, the Samachti. So I think, like I said, I think that as long as you've got good teachers, making sure that you're not going to turn into Shia Leibowitz or whoever else you're afraid of being turned into, that Zelbstendigkeit, that sense of individuality and sense of I did it, that is actually something that can propel you. And it makes it part of you in ways that... You're touching on something much, much bigger than this discussion. That is the encouragement or discouraging of individuality in the yeshiva community today. That's a bigger discussion. We'll have to save that. Yes, for next time. That we'll talk about what I thought we were going to talk about. And that is what I think is the serious problems created in recent years by the Pshutosho Mikra movement. So we've got plenty, we got plenty of the, uh, on the on principle play to come back to, I know for sure. Mm -hmm. So sorry for hijacking this in in, in a way that perhaps you didn't want it to go, but it's always good. That's what podcasts are all about. That's what makes them. (laughs) Take care. Thank you so much. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a single episode. 